Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. You're confident when it comes to your work and life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same confidence when it comes to refinancing your existing mortgage or buying a home. It lets you understand all the details so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. Go to rocketmortgage.com fool. It's Tuesday, June 27th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Total Income, Ron Gross. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. Strategy Week rolls on. For those who might have missed yesterday's episode, this shame whole, for shame. <laughs> but that's the great thing about a podcast; you can go back and check it out. Yes, Bill Mann and I talking about small caps. So we're, we're, every day this week, we're doing a different investing strategy because, as you're listening to this on Tuesday, June 27th, I'm actually in Ireland. So, oh, how is it? So, <laughs> you know, it's green. <laughs> it's nice. A little bit of rain. Excellent. Um, l- let's. Let's talk about income because often is the case on Market Foolery when we are talking about growth stocks. And let's face it, for a lot of investors out there, I would argue for most investors out there, um, there is a portion of their portfolio that is set aside for income. And the older they get, the more people go into wealth protection mode. And so I wanted to get some thoughts from you first in terms of like where are we when it comes to income investing because it seems like and I don't want to pick on bonds but it seems like <laughs> but you will but it just seems like the last few years there is virtually no reason whatsoever for the average investor to be investing in bonds I think that's fair bonds are bonds and cash are the place you put your money that you don't want in the market, um, and you shouldn't necessarily have all of your money in the market. And so, we think of those alternatives as as a perhaps a safer place um, uh, for your money that that you want out of the market. But in terms of dividends and income, you know, it's always thought of as you said, you know, for folks older, perhaps people in retirement um, who need income. But even in these ter- t- times, it could be really anyone who's looking to generate some additional. Income from their portfolios, and as you stated, there's been no place to go. I mean, no place to go. I mean, back I heard my dad will call me and say, "I want to roll over my CDs," and they're giving me 02 percent. I'm like, "Well, I'm sorry about that," but there's there's been no place. <laughs> and to by go. the way, that's the best deal you're gonna get, <laughs> right? Um, so there's been no place to go, and so dividends are what people have latched onto in a really, really big way, um, and in a way such that the stocks of dividend payers have been the beneficiary of that demand and have risen to the point of where you kind of now need to be careful. It's more of a, a stock picker's market um, when you think of dividend stocks, more so than you can just go out and buy any stock you want, because a lot of these are, are, are kind of expensive at this point. The, the average dividend yield over Long period of time is over four percent. Right now, the S and P five hundred is at one point nine percent. The way the math works is as stocks goes up, go up, dividend yields go down. Um, so we're pretty low. We're not at a historically low. That was in probably around two thousand, um, but we're pretty low in terms of dividend yield, which is an, one indication that people will point to when they say the stock market is overheated or the stock market is high or prices are high. Um, you can, you can look at yields to maybe get a sense of that. 
Um, but the yields aren't what they once were. There are certainly still some stocks um, that are higher yielding than the average of, of 1.9 or 2 percent. Um, and you can certainly turn to them for a portion of your portfolio, but it's so, so important to not just chase yield. Don't run a screen or, or you know, somehow find a stock that has the highest yield and say, oh, you know, that's paying 8%. That, I, I want that one, because you're likely going to get yourself into trouble. You need to look behind why is that stock yielding significantly higher than the S&P 500. Sometimes it's because the company is doing really, really poorly, and the stock has gotten killed. And again, the math makes that dividend yield pop up. So you just got to be careful. Don't chase yield. Think about the total return of your investments. Total return is defined as the yield plus stock price appreciation, which is really the name of the game here. So, I'm glad you mentioned that, because we have seen that over the last, particularly over the last, I would say, year or so. Just, just in, all you have to do is just do a Google search for that phrase, chasing yield, and you'll, you know, you'll see this come up more and more. And I, I hadn't really thought of it in those terms until you just mentioned it. And what I'm getting at is, look, there are so many sources of information for investors. There are so many ways to get advice, and I had never really thought of. Uh, someone being in a position where they're working, maybe with a new advisor or someone or a, a firm that doesn't have completely their best interests at heart. Whenever I think of of an advisor, maybe slightly taking or pushing a stock on yeah. someone that his firm has recommended, and so they're trying to get more people into it. I always think in terms of sort of smaller companies that have. Uh, businesses that are struggling or sort of on the edge a little bit. I never really thought of it in terms of yield before because, the, as you said, the math is easy. Right. Like if all you do is run a screen for well, here's what the yields are. I'm looking for something five percent, five percent or higher. Or right. they go to their advisor and say that, <clears throat> then it's really easy to trap yourself. It's trapped. So right, if I put you into a five percent yielding stock, and the stock goes down. What have I done for you? I've I've hurt you actually. If I put you into a five percent yielding stock and the stock stays flat, okay, I've earned you a five percent annual return. You know, not knocking the cover off the ball, but you're probably not going to fire me. Maybe, <laughs> but if I put you into a two, I would never. If fire I put you, you into a two three percent yielding stock and the stock goes up 50, 60, 70 percent. Well, that total return puts you far and away above what you were, you know, thinking you were going to earn when you when you went and chased that five percent yielding stock. So again, total return. It's always about the health of the company. It's always about is that dividend sustainable? You know, that's another thing we can touch on. Dividends um, put discipline on management teams. It's about capital allocation. Do they keep the money and help grow their business, or do they pay some of that out? To you as a shareholder, and if they're going to make that decision, they need to make sure that they are doing a capital allocation strategy in the correct manner. So the money is there to support the business. The money is there to give back to shareholders. Are they buying back stock as well? They have to see if the money is there as well. So these things impose discipline on management teams, which is one of the reasons it's believed that dividend stocks actually outperform other types of stocks over long periods of time, because typically they're well-run companies um, that have been forced to have a little bit of discipline. How much? I, I want to stick with this for a second. Sure. How much should uh, 
we expect if we're looking for these types of companies? How much should we expect on a quarterly basis management to talk about the dividend? Um, like, is that something that I should look for in a conference call where it's, or even just sort of the opening statement where? They're going to carve out part of the official statement of the company to say, and by the way, here's what we're doing with our mm-hmm. dividend. So I'm obviously hyper focused right now on dividends, so it's something I look for quite a bit. But just in general, I think it's nice to see what the policy is. Um, often, even in the investor presentation on the company's website, they lay out the dividend policy in terms of their expectations for growing that dividend over time, or at the very least, maintaining that dividend. If there's ever a risk where they start talking about potentially having to cut a dividend because they need to tighten the belt, uh, there's a company I follow right now who just announced that they're cutting their dividend because they want to go back into growth mode. Now, you have to take that with a grain of salt, and you have to say see if you buy that or not. Is that really true, or is that just smoke and mirrors because they're cutting, cutting the dividend because things aren't going? Going well, um, but I think it's always nice, um, especially if you're looking for companies that grow dividends over time, to look towards what ma- what management is saying. The the biggest examples of those dividend growers are the dividend aristocrats, which um, are the S and P 500 companies that have raised dividends consecutively for 25 years or more, and there are quite a, a number of them, and most of them are household names that that we would know. Um, those, you know, that compounds over time. That growth over year, year, years, and years and years and years. Plus, as I said, typically those strong dividend-paying stocks do well from a stock perspective as well. So you're kind of, you know, you're you're doing well on, on both on both counts. But the one thing I do want to make sure people understand is that dividends aren't free money. When a company pays you a dividend, it's actually giving you a piece of the company. It's taking it out of the bank or wherever they're holding their cash, and they're giving it to its shareholders. And the value of the company actually decreases as a result. So it's not free money where you you know you get your 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 two dollars per share dividend and 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 the stock you know stays stable and and you think oh great it's just free. Theoretically and in reality, the price of that of that stock drops by the amount that they're taking out of their own pocket and giving to you. Um, and so it's, I think it's important to realize that that the money has to come from somewhere, and if it's coming from the company, which of course it is in a dividend situation, that is them giving you a piece of the business. Some companies just give you the cash. Some companies offer a dividend reinvestment plan where you can check a box, and every quarter the div- the money that would be to the dividend essentially gets you more shares. Do you have a preference uh, for your own investing life? Of would you rather have the cash or more shares? It's funny. I I talk out of both sides of of my mouth for for this question. Why do you think I had you on? <laughs> because <laughs> professionally, and especially when I've managed hedge funds in the past, I would always make it a point to take the dividends in cash because I would then want to make sure that I am reallocating that cash into the best opportunities at that moment. Um, to try to maximize returns for people. Personally, I tend to check that box and just be happy to accumulate more shares over time. You know, I've done it for Costco for years and years and years, and it does add up over time. And it, you don't have to think about it too much, and you don't have to wonder about redeploying cash. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of, of a laziness factor, but I actually think if it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. As long as you're happy with the stocks you own and you're going to own them for long periods of time, you can really see that share count pop up just by reinvesting every quarter. I do the exact same thing yeah. because I, and, and part of it is, 
I think you used the word maybe. Maybe for me, it's definitely a laziness thing yeah. because I I realized pretty early in my stock investing life that I don't like to spend a ton of time thinking about and I just thought well gosh I've got these stocks I'm going to get dividends if the cash starts to pile up not that that's a bad thing but it is going to be one more decision I'm going to have to make and I've already made the decision to invest in these companies so I'll just take more shares plus I find it's it's a nice little yeah uh, it's a it's a nice little thing to if I'm checking my portfolio and I'm, and I think well how many shares of this do I have and I see it's like oh I have a I have yeah, a couple I love, more I actually love that too I, I it's like a little agree. present and it, you dollar cost average into a stock over the lifetime of your ownership you'll buy a little when the stock is high you'll buy a little when the stock is low just quarter after quarter after quarter you're buying just a little bit more of the stock and and I think that works great for individual investors. All right, we'll get to a couple of dividend stocks in a second, but first I got to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you the same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan, and that's what you want when you're making a big decision like buying a home. Oh yes, because that's. That's big. the big, that's the biggest check you're going to write people is when you're buying a home. So you want confidence going in and with Rocket Mortgage you can apply simply and understand fully so that you can mortgage confidently. To get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com/fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS consumeraccess.org number 3030. Tell me if I'm right about this. And I mean we've been friends a long time. Sure. I know you'll tell me if I'm wrong. I think the dividends no longer have a stigma. I think there was a, a very long stretch of time where there was a slight stigma attached to to companies who decide we're going to pay a dividend in a, with our stock, and all you need to do is go back, gosh, six years or so before Apple started to pay a dividend and look at the amount of coverage around, well, gosh, are they, will they, won't they, are they going to start doing it? What does that mean for the company if they start paying a dividend? And they did. And I'm not saying it was all because of Apple, but that really seems to me like a turning point where I just don't, I don't hear that debate anymore. I think that's fair. Rather than the word stigma, I would almost say They've always been thought of as not being sexy, right? Because they're more mature, and the high growth companies of the world out there that are hopefully going to, you know, go up five, six, seven, ten times in value, typically don't pay investments because they need all the money. Don't pay dividends because they need all that capital for their future growth. And a lot, lots of investors think, "Oh, I want that one. I want that big one that's, you know, using all their cash for growth." You got to be careful. A lot of Companies are not good at growth, and they end up spending money for no reason at all. And they would have actually been better off um, returning some capital to shareholders. Plus, I would say over the years, especially over the last decade, companies have accumulated so much cash on their balance sheets that the only thing really to do was to buy back stock and pay dividends. And that has been such a trend of late over the over recent years that I think any stigma or anything negative associated with dividends has 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 as you say I think gone away. All right, before we get out of here, give me a couple of dividend paying stocks I can put on my radar if I'm looking to generate income in my portfolio. Absolutely. I'll give you one high yielder and one grower. 
Um, for the high yield, I, I like uh, Compass Minerals, CMP. I uh, recently actually talked about it on, um, on our radio show, Motley Fool Money. 4.5% yield. Um, an excellent run company. They're the leading producer of salt for road de-icing. Not a sexy business, but they own um, the largest salt mine and rock salt mine, which gives them a really strong competitive advantage. They've increased their dividend every year since going public, I believe in 2003. Um, and they're just a very, very well-run company at 4.5% yield. Another one, Sherwin-Williams, SHW, only a 1% yielder. And you say, well, what are you wasting my time? Well, I will tell you that its stock is up 175% over the last five years. So, once again, I will refer you to total return. Total return. And if, it, if that stock had remained flat and the math all stayed the same, that Dividend yield would be two or three percent, but you should be happy that the dividend has gone down because the stock has gone up so much. Sherwin Williams, obviously the paint company, Benjamin Moore, probably the biggest competitor there, owned by Berkshire Hathaway. A lot of people don't know that um, Berkshire owns Benjamin, um, but again, a really strong management team, great retail distribution. They've increased their dividend every year for thirty-seven years, and there's no reason to oh think that no reason 37? to think that would continue. Yeah, really impressive, very well-run company, and you can see it in the stock price that it's a well-run company. Well, and it abs. I mean, in the case of Sherwin Williams, that is a company. I mean, dividend aristocrat. That's twenty five years. Yeah, they're, you know, they're closing in on forty, so that's impressive. But in terms, to go back to your point about total return, they are right at the heart of one of the biggest trends right now in investing, and that is the home market. Absolutely, Whether it's you see it in new, Home Depot and new homes. Home improvement, they're right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, of it. and don't let the $359 stock price scare you. Just buy less shares. It's all about how much capital you deploy, not how many shares you own. That's why Ron Gross runs our total income service. Thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.